<laughs> I'm about uh, to delete my personal account, just FYI. Ben, why? I don't use it. What anymore. are we going to tag you? I need to be able to tag you and stuff. No, you don't. But I want to. Why? Because you're my friend. But why do you want to tag me? What is the... I want people to know that you're my friend. I'm in the picture with you. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me tag my friend. What is the tag doing? Are people... I want to be able to tag my friend. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you this. If this makes you feel better. This is too loud. Hang on. If this makes you feel better. Tell me. I don't think anytime you've ever tagged me in a photo, I've gotten a follower. So... <laughs> I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse. <laughs> Both. <laughs> I don't think it's neither. What I'm trying know. to say is I don't think it's necessary. Ugh, the, sure. The functionality of a tag what is isn't, isn't working. Oh, you know what you need to get on? What? Be real. Oh, to get stuck. Come on. No. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I was waiting for you to say something else. Why'd you just stare at me like that? We're back. At, we're back in person. We're back and, in person. Uh, it's. Uh, we don't know what to do. It has been a long. When okay, can we remember? Yeah. The last time we were in a studio. Yeah. Oh wait. I, I guess I can remember. It was at it was uh at um Cheyenne Studio. Yep. Who was the last was it really? Yeah. No way. I think it was Rashad. Was it Rashad really? Okay. Or was it Jackson? That the is a an interview we never released. <laughs> that, well, that's why I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I think they don't the know last, who I'm talking about. I think the last studio episode that came out was Rashad's. Wow. Yeah. I think that's right. Wow. That's crazy. Man. Life is wild, man. Yeah. What a wild time. But we're back in the studio. We're here. We're, we're back in a studio. In a studio. Yeah. Now, I, you all can't see the studio, but it is vibey and beautiful it's it all it already feels like magic is gonna happen in in between these walls i hope so yeah i think so but this is this is uh ben's new space yeah this is my studio this is your studio congrats thank you how does it feel to be in a studio like your own because you've been you've been working in in you've worked in many studios in your day but this is the first one where he says, this is my space. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really, really exciting. It's, um, I thought it was going to be a little bit more like, what am I doing? Then I feel, I do mm-hmm. feel a little bit of that, but like, I've, I've just realized that, especially the last space I was in, it's, it would, there was a lot of like, preparation for me having my own thing right um because i did have i I would the last studio i was at i did have my own room that's true um i was borrowing a lot of gear and you know 
I could only make noise at certain times of the day, but <laughs> right, it was right. still my room. Yeah. So this, it, it was a stepping stone into this, but yeah, it's, it's really different. Um, it's very, it's a, it's, it's crazy. It's super cool though. I'm very excited. It's, it's cool to have a room that everything is mine in. Yeah. And that's really cool. It's my schedule. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. And I guess like part of it is it's like, could you have made it happen to be in something like this from the jump? Sure. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying like you could you could have you could have uh, cobbled together, imagined, you know, you know, really advocated, talked to some folks. You know, like you probably could have like if you read like you maybe could have done this. I'm just saying like it is not impossible to think that like through the people you know, through the connections that you have, that it's like it would have been like hard. I but I had think to pull yeah, some major strings exactly, to have a space. Like exactly. This. But what I think is interesting is that because you've worked in the studios you worked in before, this your space is that you have so much more experience and wisdom on like how I want to run my studio space yeah. right it's like you've you've learned the good the the not always great practices of talent and and like crew you've, you've just learned so much just in like working in the different spaces that now that you're in your own space you kind of like oh i know exactly kind of the direction and the vibe and the and the right. whatever i want to do in here yeah and there's you know like what I'm saying? yeah there's there's also like i think even just creatively impressions that have been made um, mm -hmm. based on the spaces i've been because i've i've been in like i mean i've i've been in the nicest studios in nashville and even like some right would consider like the western hemisphere and, right uh and then i've also been in like diy studios and things right. like that but right you know like i've got this piano in here that uh it's just a piano i found off of facebook marketplace and that's an impression that I think came from the last place I was at, which really focused on, you know, the sounds and like the, the things that, that inspired creativity. Right. Um, but then like other pieces of this room are definitely like about quality. Right. Um, exactly. Exactly. Not to say that the last place <laughs> I worked. <laughs> no, I think, no, no. I, I hear what you're saying. The like, last there's... place I worked was more focused on the creativity than the yes. quality. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, there's just something yeah. you get, there are, from my understanding, they're just sounds and tones and there, there's something about an older piano, what it can give you that the digital piano can't just simply yeah. just, it just, it's just something different to it. Right. Well, yeah. And for, for the listeners, I, you can't see it, but I've, I've ripped off the, the cover i guess it right, was sure. what it would be called of this because i wanted the mics to pick up all the noises of the mechanisms which is something that i really grew to love at the last studio i was at was right. the piano we had there it was it was very noisy and that sounds strange um if you if you record anything it's like you don't you want to eliminate any sort of noises right um and yes but but in a way for a piano in particular those noises are what makes the human ear believe that it's real yeah um which is more comforting um and so yeah there's that but you know there's also a good mix of like sterile you know in this room um 
And like the AC is so quiet. It's very quiet. And it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. The podcast is going to sound a lot better. It's going to sound good. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back. It's been a minute and that's okay. Um, But we're back and we're going to, we've, we've got a rhythm that is going to hopefully be great for the, the team. Yeah, it's, and... it's my fault mostly. It, there's <laughs> no, 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 no. What it's... we're trying to say is there's, no. there's just been there's been a lot of changes. There's and, there's been a lot of changes. A lot like, of good things coming. A lot of good things coming. And here's here is just what it's true. Like Ben, myself, all the other folks who help on the podcast, we like you all who are listening have busy lives. We have families. We've got friends. We've got obligations. We've got all these other things happening in life that sometimes the the thing that is the extra, the 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 uh, kind of you know outskirt, the the thing that is cool that we enjoy doing. Like we don't get to do all those things like we want to do them, and the frequency we want to do them, and that's okay. And I know that everyone listening has that thing, whatever that thing is that you love doing, that's fun to do, that is a joy to do. But sometimes you can't always do it in the ways you want to do it because of life and all the other things that happen in life. And that's okay. But we've got a rhythm. And yeah. I think we're going to, I think it's going to be great for you all. And as we have jokingly talked about for a while now, we are, we are going to have a Patreon page and I want you all to like be supporters of it. If you can, any, amount like we'll do but we just want to this thing has to be sustainable and we you know it ain't we got things to pay and 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 folks to take care of and so we would love for you to be supportive of that and to promise to give you quality content and conversations and even maybe some merchandise is coming down we're, we're trying i'm we're cooking on some things some of course some dad hats i mean i'm a big dad hat guy i love a good dad hat i'm just the just a hat guy. I'm just like I like Same. a hat. I like hats. Um, but anyway, so that stuff's coming. So be on the lookout for that. And yeah. But today, this episode, we're gonna be you're gonna hear me chatting with a guy by the name of Jared Houston. Now, Jared is uh, a personal trainer. He is one of the uh uh major players at title uh boxing nashville i believe he's one of the uh main uh people who have have owned that space and trained the trainers and you know put together some wonderful programming but he is absolutely an amazing human but on top of that beyond that even more importantly he's got a book that's coming out and it's a book about his life about some of his early childhood experiences and it is going to be so revolutionary amazing and i simply cannot wait to for you all to hear him talk about it and for you to potentially check out that book when it comes out and hear about those stories from his childhood because we all have them and and they all have left impressions and i think it's important to be uh not only good storytellers of our own lives but to listen to the stories of other people's lives because we learn so much in that in that process of not only telling but in listening to other stories. So Jared's going to be coming up here in just a minute. I'm excited for you all to listen to this podcast, but 
beyond that. I'm just excited to hear you hear us again because it's so much fun. And so uh, we're going to check back in because Ben usually has some. Oh, man. Yeah. Do okay, you have yeah, some yeah. bands for us? Uh, yeah, I can, I can. <laughs> some music for us. Some, some tips for us. While Ben's putting together or pulling up his list. I got it. You got it? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so first, uh, here's three albums. Three albums. Um, first album, uh, is an album called Spirals by Nick Lang. Ooh. Um, if you like Glass Animals, and if you like The Beach Boys, this is a weird collision <laughs> of those two worlds. That's and great. it's fantastic. Um, yeah, Spirals by Nick Lang. Um, and then uh, Hurts Like Hell, all one word, Hurts spelled H-Z, like the um, frequency terminology, um, by See You Soon. Okay. Uh, if you're into hip-hop and, or if you need to get some anger out or, you know, <laughs> uh, headbang to something awesome, this yes. album absolutely rules. And it goes and it goes. Nonstop. It's love really it. good. Love it. Um Yeah, and then Yeah, what's the what's the third one? Let's do um let's do yeah, this one. Some kind of piece by Oliver Arnolds. Um mm. I'll spell that for you because it's a unique spelling. So it's O L A F U R. I believe it's pronounced similar to the name Oliver, but it's oh, Oliver. Oh, okay. Um, All right. I and then get that. Arnold's is A R N A L D S. Um, <clears throat> Oliver Arnold's is an amazing composer producer. Um, this album is called Some Kind of Peace, and it's uh, really one of the most beautiful meditated pieces of music. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. It's it's really special. Um, so if you, if you want to start your day off, right, if you meditate in the morning, this is a great thing to put on while you meditate. Yeah. Um, or I, I actually for a while was driving home to it just to kind of clear my head. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's a great album. So there's a spectrum for you. There's like an album, the first one, Nick Lang, you can kind of listen to that at, you know, when you got friends over hanging out or while you're cooking, it's great music. Uh, you've got an album if you need to <laughs> headbang or <laughs> jam out, and then you've got an album to chill out to. So that's great. Yeah, I, I guess that's that's uh, another thing you just brought up, which I'm curious about, which is, you know, your commute to work now oh, yeah. is so different now. <laughs> like it's, but here's, but here's, but here's what's interesting though, right? I know that some people like a long commute because they get to to do this they get to wind up or wind down from the day and some people love the short commute because it means like if i need to pop over to my house to like check on a a, a thing or get a package or fix lunch or whatever people love that i'm wondering now that you've experienced like a long commute and now you got like a shorter commute like what what have you noticed i mean i know you're just getting in this rhythm but what have you already noticed in like the differences in doing the long versus the short commute? Um, I much prefer where I am now. <laughs> um, yes, you're correct in that. Uh, so previously I had a very long commute. Um, 
the way to work was between 20 and 25 minutes and the way back, depending on the day and traffic could be anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. Easy. Um, yeah. So there was a long commute there. Um, but yeah, I could, I was able to turn that time into kind of like a moment to myself and get ready for work or wind down from work. Um, it's not that I think I'm going to be lacking that now. I just think that now I don't have to do that while I'm driving. Ah, because there you go. Especially since this is my own place, I can get here early yeah. and have that moment here before, and then I can stay a little later and have that moment after. So uh, it's basically just less expensive, I, but I can do the same thing um, yeah. just in a different, instead of in my car, I can just do it here. Yeah. Or I can, you know, but it's, it's really nice to be, I, I literally am within, it's a 10 minute bike ride yeah, that's to my right. house. Um, so it's, it's really nice to just be able to like pop by the house and go see the dog and my yeah. wife. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're good. We're that's awesome. Plan on doing lunch together some days. And so it's, I love it's, it. it's a lot better. I love it. I like it. Yeah. I, I do think, and I think the important thing for all of us in even hearing that is I think it's important for us to have a good start rhythm and a good ending day rhythm. Like, I think we we oftentimes will rush into our days or we will, like, chaotically end our days. And I think there's something to the, like, slow start or the in, or maybe it's not even a slow start, but the intentional start to a day and the intentional end to a day. And I think that that's important, whether it's meditation, whether that's prayer whether that's reading whether that's walking whether that's sipping on tea or coffee or just eating a bowl of fruit in your kitchen like having a moment in the mornings where you can like be present and be in the day before you launch into whatever the work is you do and to like end the day in such a way that you're not just simply crashing into the bed and going to sleep you would just see wonders in your life I totally think. And I think that's just like, I need that encouragement for myself. I hope uh, that many of you may be listening. You're like, I do that already. Great. There are those of you who are not doing that. And I just encourage you to consider that and to move towards that. Because I think you will see and feel uh, your, your body, your mental, emotional being state just improve in some positive ways. Totally. Okay. That's it, folks. Here is Jared Houston, and we will see you all soon. Peace. All right, we're back. Jared, what's going on, P-Pat? Now, I call him Pat, so I call him P-Pat. <laughs> People don't know this, but Patrick comes and takes our class. That's right. Um, and title well, boxing in it, club. Yeah. In it all the time. Now, I used to teach a lot more, but there's been some injuries, so I haven't been there. But I would always pick at him. Yeah. Always pick at him. And he works at the church um, where my kids come to school. So uh, sometimes people don't even know this, but I'm screaming scripture over the mic. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes I'll say something like, and yeah, be like hitting the bag. You'd be like, what? Like I can about, see your face. I'm, about, like, okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You feel me? We feel it. Yeah, they think we in the middle of a, oh. they think we in the middle of some crazy music and I'm yeah. in here preaching. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ahead, no, man. but that that's uh, so I'm I'm glad you said that at the top because I've mentioned 
people who have listened to me on different podcasts and this one and even other podcasts I've been on know that I will often talk about title boxing and what title boxing has meant for me and what it does to like some people like how do you work out because there's a personality typing system called the Enneagram yes. that people, you know, especially here in Nashville and other cities use a lot. Well, I'm a type eight and type eights have like lots of energy and they have lots of uh, sometimes like just, just like, it's just energy, just like a lot of it. And it's like, and, and we're always running low key hot, like just something can always rile us up pretty quickly. But like, how do you deal? It's like, well, I go to type, I hit these heavy bags. It's like I'm not thinking about a person or a thing, but it's like it's releasing of this energy onto a bag. It's not even like I'm thinking about someone or I'm thinking about a situation particularly. It's like I'm just like I need to release because I I don't want to like just yell at somebody. So I need to like yell in this void of uh, of this room yep. where everybody else is. And, and that's the thing. Like that's why I've always thought about this when I think about title. It's like. I don't know what any of these people do, and I and I kind of like it. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's like people are like, oh, so and so goes there, and so and so. It's like I wouldn't even know who who these folks are. They could be doing something miraculous, saving lives, probably doing something like on you know in the media, probably. It's like, but we're all in gym clothes, and we like hitting a heavy bad and trying to survive through a round of burpees. Like right now, it's like I'm trying to survive. I don't. You might be somebody cool yeah. and famous, but like. I'm trying to survive yeah. right now. <laughs> no, that's what I tell everybody. When everybody comes in, even the first time I remember when you came in, we were talking. I was like, people are like, well, what do I wear? What is the person going to be beside me? I said, if you, by the end of class, if you are still worried about the person beside you, then you came for the wrong you reason. You came for the wrong reason. You came, I've been doing this since I was four years old. Wow. And, and I'm telling you, if I go in that class with the intensity and I transfer that energy to that bag, right. I, could care, I don't even know Patrick's beside me. No. When I'm teaching that class, when I feel your energy, because you know, the more I, I'm an eight too, oh, so I, that's why I feed off of that. Right. So right. when I walk around with that pull noodle and hit you, and you kind of give me a smirk, I'm like, oh, there we go. Yeah. There yeah. we go. That's good. So yeah. you get me going. Yeah. So that that group, that energy, right. I feed off that. Yeah. I think the thing that's the hardest at title is that when people come in, they already categorize themselves or they have an expectation. Right. Of what it will be. That's Instead right. of just walking in and saying, hey, I'm going to come in with whatever I have and just leave it. Just leave it. That's where we're at right yeah. now. Well, and it's so funny, too. Even I have friends who I'm trying to get to come to a, one class. And they're like, I need to go running first and work out. I'm like, for why? That like, that, this is going to help you do. Like, don't. But it's the it's the thing. It's like, it's I need to get ready to go do the thing that's going to help me be ready anyway. Absolutely. Just show up. <laughs> that's literally just what I tell up. everybody. I tell out. everybody, they were like, if I go work out before I come here, you're not going to be ready. Yeah. You just got to throw just yourself in. Yeah. How many people are willing just to like throw themselves That's in right. there? Nobody right. wants to do what no. they they don't think they're good at. Right. That's care. right. Yeah. And that's exactly right. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to try something new. And if I look foolish and I look fool like, and it's like, I don't know. There's just, when you realize like how many people there are in your city or in the country or what the world is like. Hi, who? What? What are we doing? Come yeah, on, it's fine. It's not that serious. It's not that serious. <laughs> it's it's not, that not that serious. That serious. So right. was now was it always was health, wellness, fitness was it always a part of your story? Like, is that what 
15, 13, 15, 17-year-old Jerry, was that what he was like? Was he like, ah, yes, like I care about, I play sports, I care about fitness, or was it just kind of like, ah, you know, I'm all right, but... I mean, it was a part of our life. My dad had a martial arts studio. Oh, wow. I mean, he was a Golden Glove uh, champion four-time. Like, since I was four years old, my dad's a fifth-degree black, but, like, I was in front of a class. Right. But that's also what makes it crazy is because, yeah, I was going to the NFL. Like, I am. I'm five-nothing. Hundred nothing. I'm like I'm. I mean, but I am. I'm that guy. I'm an eight. I'm going to. I'm doing everything aggressive. But then I realized that once I got hurt, played college ball, it was. I didn't know what to do. I was good at school. Yeah. But school was an afterthought because it was always. I, I was just moving. That's that's what we did. So when they talk about training, I tell everybody all the time, I did not choose to train. Who goes to school and gets degrees and masters and becomes a trainer? Now let's be that's not that's not a lucrative career, especially when you have kids and a right, wife. Right, it doesn't right, make right, sense. Right. Yeah. So I'll say that it wasn't a plan. It was a fallback because it was something that was in me. It was it was easy. It was a gift. It was a gift. That's right. Um, because I had seen it nurtured. I had seen my dad work with people. My mom. I mean, from my fam- brothers and sisters, we did it from wrestling to boxing to kick to martial arts. Right. Everything was physical. I mean, we played every sport growing up. Um, It was four kids in a household. Then my mom, we adopted two. My mom adopted two kids. We had them for some years. So it was always running from different place to different place. Um, But then I realized we were active so we wouldn't have to sit down and be still to think. Ah. So that's why I think I continued that physical journey. Yeah. Because we didn't didn't have to think. Ah. So when did you realize that? Um, when did you realize that that was why the family kept moving the way that it moved? 30 years old. my October 28th. Yeah. When I turned 30. You had the aha moment. I had the aha moment, and I kind of confessed some things to my mother. Yeah. I drove. I was here in Nashville. I drove all the way home and told her and confessed to her some things that had happened in my childhood. Yeah. Because that was my aha moment. There was no football. I'm 30 years old. I'm in yep. school. I am. When I say broke, I'm broke. Right. <laughs> like when you people talking about what's the broke. brokest thing that the people who don't know what broke is get. Can you give a a taste of like how you, broke is broke like you were? Potted meat, like a oh boy, potted meat by a loaf of white two two and a half pound wheat yes, bread yes. from the bakery store because yes. you can get that for nine eighty nine cents. That's right. That white bread that stick to the roof of your yeah, mouth. That's right. You know you got to. <laughs> You got to get to the batter, but then I throw that pot of meat and try to dress it up like it's something with some mayonnaise. No, no, miracle milk and yeah, throw yeah, some yeah. of that little raggedy hard iceberg oh, lettuce wow. on top of it. That's how broke I was. That's how broke I was. Yeah. I was living. I was literally living back and forth. I hadn't. I didn't. I was a nomad. I was literally. People liked me. I was fifty percent likable at that time because I was fifty percent. Didn't like anyone right. and, and didn't know how to even like myself. Right. So people liked me enough to let me stay with them because I was still training their kids. And I mean, I, dude, I had lived everywhere. I was living with the owners of the zoo. Like, I had the top floor. You would have thought I was rich. Right. I had, I yeah. had not a pot to piss in. Wow. <laughs> um, and they didn't know it. So oh, no, yeah. They, they didn't know it. They thought I was doing it because I, everything was a perception. I learned how to cut my hair. I was edging myself up. I was wow. always clean. I was, But they had no idea. 
they had no idea where was where I was at during that time, because I didn't know. Right. So, um, yeah, the, the epiphany for me was literally age thirty. I got in my car, I drove to Jefferson City, um, I walked in my back room, in my mom's bedroom, and I literally looked at her. I sit. I looked at her, and I remember the little flower, uh, her bed. In, in a lot of black people's room, their bed is in their small rooms. Their bed is bigger, bigger than the room. <laughs> why? Why? Why, you, why is, is that? Why is that? Literally, my mom's gonna hear this. She's gonna fall out laughing because <laughs> like, that is her right man, now. And you got that big dresser in front of it. You got two nightstands. I'm hitting my toes on everything in everything. this room. I'm just trying to tell you how I feel. <laughs> I open the door. That creak. She knows it's me because the way I'm walking down that uh-huh. hall because it's crick crick crick. The floor all old. Right. Nobody. Nobody's done nothing. My dad ain't fixed the house no, no. since we had it. No. It's raggedy. <laughs> I walk in there, she still got that old ugly blue uh cover that she gets from the that she never had a tie around uh-huh. holding it. Yep. I walk in, I push the door open, I just tell her, I say, Mom, I love you. I hug her. And she, I said, Mom, this is what happened to right. me. Right. Yeah. And she fell down and started crying. And that's when I knew it was, I was lost. Sure. Yeah. Because then it's she literally was putting together thirty years of this is why Jared was in trouble every day. This is why Jared was like that. Then it turned into not about Jared. It turned into what have I done? I didn't raise you right. That is when I left. I thought I went to go be whole to confess to be so I can say. But I left. I left hurt because it wasn't about me. It was about what they didn't do. Sure. What's my fault because I didn't do this? I'm not. A, I'm like, no, no. What about me? What about me? Right. I'm struggling. You right. know what I'm saying? So as I hit my toe on the way out, I literally go get back in my car and I drive straight back to Nashville. Straight back to Nashville. Yeah. And it was crazy after that. Yeah. It was crazy after that. Wow. Well, and I think that some people, you know, if we, you know, not that we should get too much into and think too deeply about the Enneagram, but what I try to tell people about those that are typically not every type eight is the same, but for a lot of folks, it's uh vulnerability is not something a type eight does well. Now the way that eights, sorry to expose us, <laughs> the way that we often will make a, a, the workaround is that I've got some things that I'm fine to be vulnerable about. Mm. And so that is what I will go to when I'm trying to relate to you all in that in my vulnerability. But I'm not going to give you, like, all of the things because I don't trust any of them. Absolutely. I trust three people and maybe five. And that, and that list, and, and I tell people all the time, it's like, don't ask me if you're on the list. Because yeah. I'll tell you, and you, you're not going to like the answer probably. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> and and you, there's no, like, guarantee that you stay on the list once you're on the list. Yep. So, like... And that's like even even a parent or or sibling is like yes, they yeah. can get they can kick rocks just hey, like anybody else can. I so, tell everybody it's easy for me to love you from a distance. <laughs> yes. I love you. Oh yeah, I love you. But hey, because once you cut me, once you cut me, and I feel it. That's right. Because I'm used. To, I'm I'm understanding a, the majority of ace that I've talked to. I'm understanding that once they've been hurt. Then they put that wall up so then it doesn't happen. Yeah. 
Like you're like, so you're literally self-sabotaging yourself because you want to like that person. I right. want to like you. Oh, yeah. I, I I see things. There's similarities. I like everything about you. I feel like That's I'm right. feeling your energy. That's right. You know, you in church, hey, yeah. your spirit. Yeah. You know, yeah. your spirit right. is pulling me. That's right. But I'm like, nah, I don't trust you. Uh-uh. You know, then you no. go back into religion. That's discernment. Yeah. Something ain't right about you. Then you end yeah. up judging. So, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely... That's where I'm at now. When you say five friends, man, you you, you, trust, you a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> you a millionaire. You a millionaire. Because yeah. you, if you look at my phone, I've got over 2,000 contacts. Absolutely. I can be friends with, I can be acquaintances with anyone, yeah. but nobody really knows how I reload or re-energize. That's right. No one really knows my triggers. No one really knows because, like you say, I'm going to let some of you know, and I think that's the difference where I'm at in my life. Right. I'm willing to be 100% vulnerable right. for everyone. Yes. That you get there. is the hardest yeah. thing because especially now, and you know it's hard to talk about race and everything, but especially black men, that's a stigma of being vulnerable. Yes. Like yeah. people don't want to talk about that. Yeah. So if I'm vulnerable, if I cry when I was younger, don't cry. Don't Suck cry. it up. Yes. You don't show your emotions. No. You don't do that. Uh-uh. So now I'm crying <laughs> in my car. I'm crying all the time. Now my daughter, I see her. She graduated to go to pre-K. Who graduates to go to pre-K? I'm crying. I'm crying. She did it. She did it like <laughs> she can't even read. <laughs> She's writing her S's backwards. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh but that's... But I'm yeah. understanding, like, I'm owning that, yes, the Enneagram is real. And it does, it is descriptive of, and, and characteristics of who you are. But still not to let it box me in. Because I'm trying to teach my children and my son, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have emotions. It's just right. reacting out of those emotions. Yeah. That's what it's taken me 39 years to figure out. And I'm yeah. still figuring out that. Yeah. Whew. That's right. Yeah, sorry, man. I, <laughs> no, hey, good. we went straight to it. We went straight to it, boy. Come <laughs> with me. Come on with do. it. Be Pat good at this. <laughs> oh man. That's that's good. That's good. So now you've been here in Nashville for how long have you been in Nashville now? Uh, I've been back in Nashville for going on six years. Six years. So you're doing, you're training, you're you're moving, you're kind of making all these connections, all of that. Now you're about to like Un- rev- you know, we're about to un. Uh, what is it? What's what I'm looking for? Like unveil, unveil, unveil. Mm. There's an unveiling yeah, yeah, that's about yeah, to yeah. happen, and you're about to step into a new space. And not like you're not going to train, but it's like you're doing something new, which is you're going to release a book. Absolutely. So what? Now I feel like that books books are interesting to me, and and that's a funny thing to say, but I feel like. I've all, I have said before that I think that everybody's got a song. Like, we could all probably put together a song. There's something that's in us. And I think that's true of a book. I think we all have some stories or a story or a perspective to tell. It's just some of us are better at getting those stories written and putting to, putting to pen to paper and getting it released. But you've, like, journeyed even just in the taste of that. So you're releasing this book. So... What's the, what's kind of, I mean, cause you could go, you could go a million directions with yeah. this thing. Where did you, where'd you eventually land? I, I landed in the memoir sector um, because my biggest thing is I realized that over all these years, I didn't like people. 
I actually thought I liked being by myself, but then I realized it was easier to be nice yeah. and easier to like love people, to receive that back. Um, but when I started to open up, people didn't really trust me because Jared was cutthroat. Like, I'm telling you what it is. I don't care who it is from day one. You either love to hate me or hate to love me. Right. Um, so, but then I wanted people to know why I was like that. Because I think sometimes when you understand why people are the way they are or they're a product of their environment, then it'll allow them to let their guard down to actually have this right here, right. a deeper conversation. Let's go to the 12 foot. Let's go to the deep end. Right. Um, so I did. I wanted to talk about my childhood. Um, but with that being said... The book is called Nothing Concealed and um, that everything comes to the light. And I talk about some of the journeys that I had, whether it be uh, sexual abuse, whether it be physical abuse in the home, sure. um, whether it be drugs, what have you, from ages four to ten. Because obviously one to five are the most they're the building blocks of your life as a child. Right. And I can remember those things when things happened to me. I feel like I lost my childhood and became an adult. Oh, yeah. And when you do those things, the thing that has been a blessing and a curse is my memory. Mm. I have a memory that is is scary. Like I can remember what my wife wore the first time I saw her in college. Wow. Right? I can remember what I was wearing when I was standing with the things that happened to me when I was four years old. Yeah. So... I wanted to tell people from a descriptive point of view, um, from a child's point of view, between ages four and ten, yeah. to where I even thought about and tried to commit suicide. Yeah. And so people can know to let down those walls because it was harder for me to tell you. So then once I started writing it, it was cathartic. But then the reality is it becomes reality again yeah. because you're reliving those moments. Um but if I'm trying to be vulnerable and be honest to who I am and who God called me to be, then I got to keep going. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's really what I wanted to do. I, you, Everybody does have a song. Everybody does have a book. But it really comes down to who's going to sit down and grind it out. That's right. That's it's, right. It's, it's literally been the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And I think sometimes, too, like, and, and I, what I appreciate is that, like, you— you had mentioned like maybe once before, like, oh, I'm doing this thing. And I think sometimes like it's okay to like let people know like, hey, I'm in the process of doing it, doing whatever it is, starting a business, writing a book, creating an app, whatever that's going to be. But then a lot of the, the work to do the thing comes in being alone, hmm. in the room, locked away, grinding it out. And some people get off on the, on the uh, the a feeling of just telling people what they gonna do, you know, I'm gonna write this thing, and this is what it's gonna be about. And it's like I have satisfied some piece of me for just like telling you that I'm gonna do a thing, yeah. Versus just like doing the thing, hundred percent. Because like that's, I mean, because in some ways, like even if you there's there's something beautiful about the creation of something, it often comes at being the introverted side of yourself, the side of yourself that's going to withdraw from the masses to like, okay, like I got to sit at this computer. I got to sit at this desk, go to this park, whatever it is. And I got to like do this thing if it's going to happen because otherwise like it can just be something you talked about. You could have 
talk about this book for the next 10 years and it never and it, and it never come out and we never be here even the publishing company I'm working with they were like Jared you did this quickly and they said how long did it take you I said 39 years that's right that's what people don't realize so the reason why I told you about it and and you were like you were excited so I was like hold on this brother don't know me why is he so excited <laughs> right. but that's just who you are yeah you're a right. champion of people that's right so you were like man great job but then I started telling other people and what I realized when I went to my quiet place God was like shut it down right. and then he reminded me what happened the first time I told my wife about it so I, we were sleeping in the middle of the night, and I'm a light sleeper. I don't really sleep a lot because just mind things are going, and I jump up in the middle of the night. It's 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. She's like, oh, God, she's always terrified, like somebody's coming in the house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like Bruce Lee kind of yeah, on, on the now. way. Yeah, kind of, kind of. You know what I'm saying? I need some. I need a backup. But I roll over, and I'm like touching. I'm like, baby, I think I said, I'm going to write nine books. And I was like, I'm going to write this one book about my childhood. And she was like, she looked at me. She was like, she was like, don't quit your day job and roll back over. <laughs> but then I realized when I right. started telling people about right. it, I started writing stuff. I was excited. Yeah. Like the first time I actually sat down and wrote, I wrote six chapters straight. Right. I sat in the room. I sat in a little office that we we call it office. It's a closet. Got no windows. It's crazy. I turned it into an office. It's just got a desk. It ain't got. It don't even have an outlet. If I got to charge, I got to take my iPad back outside or my my laptop back outside oh, and charge good. it. But I realized that if she unintentionally can speak death on it, then what about everyone else? When I told them that, because it's like everyone else. Right. So then once I realized it wasn't just about journaling bad things that happened, sure. it was about trying to get people to see descriptively into my life from ages four until 10. Yeah. And that was the hardest thing. It was money spent. Yeah. I, you know how many book companies I called and they were like, Jerry, this is a great proposal, but we can't carry it. You're not big enough. Yeah. And it hurt me. I'm like, this is going to be the number one seller. Because, you know, everybody says that. Like, of what course. was I thinking? <laughs> like, I, I still in my heart believe that it's going to touch millions of people and that yeah. it's going to open doors to speak. Yeah. But they don't know that. They have right. to make sure that they're covered on their end. That's right. So then when I talk to other people, they're like, I don't know, Jared. That's a lot. Like, that's kind of heavy. Mm. But that's why when after I told you, I shut it down. I got a writing coach. I started reading all these books and genres that I, this was what God allowed me and blessed me with for people to guide me because I didn't know. Now, once I started reading these other books of other these, these famous authors, I realized I'm not this good. <laughs> <laughs> That's also why I shut it down. Yeah. Because it's always great to have that idea and think it's going to be the best until you start and sometimes when you're in that realm to study other avenues to kind of gain wisdom, you lose you lose pieces of you to comparison. Yeah. You lose pieces of you because this is what they've done their lives. Yeah. I just woke up one day, said I'm going to write. Yeah. And started writing. Yeah. So when I sat down with my writing coach, who was, hey, man, big ups, Elaine. She is like, Eileen is like so near and dear to me. Um, and she's amazing. She's done this. She works in publishing. She said, Jared, you're on to something. And then when she said that, it kind of hit a spark on me. Right. I never doubted it, but I needed her to like speak that life into me. Yeah. 
And so I sat down every day. I started doing time writings. I started doing things. I mean, I was reading books, going back like, yeah, I have master's degrees and things. But at the end of the day, structure, grammatically correct. Sure. Come on, man. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and I think, you know, what, what you know, the risk you took in even talking to, you said her name is Elaine, right? Is, okay, this is a person who who knows this business. Who now he knows this business, who knows this craft. So if she says it, that I'm on to something, okay, that that is validating in a different way than if like a friend says, I think you're on to something. Yeah. Because it's like that's a that's a lane that she has existed in. And I think that sometimes we'll find ourselves doing that in life, right? Like we I I I would tell people all the time, it's like we have friends that we have that are our that are our yes friends. If I if I don't kind of want I I kind of want to be convinced to doing it, I'll go talk to this friend because yep. like they're gonna be like, oh yeah, you should do that for sure, for sure you should do that. Me like because then you'll try to convince them of a no. You're like, are you sure though? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I'm really busy. <laughs> and they're like, no 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 no. You should you should you should you should do it. Because then there's the other friends on the opposite end. That's like that's always no. It's like you should do. I'm gonna write a book. You're like, no. Why? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, like You're exactly. Like, Wait a You're like. <laughs> What do you mean? Who am I? I'm, yeah. a, I'm this, that, and the other. And they're yeah. like, oh, I don't think so. They ain't, they ain't that. They ain't yeah. like, wait a minute. And then you're trying to convince them of the yes because Absolutely. it's all about like it's what you're you're trying to make it right within you. So you go to these folks, these friends, family members, mentors who typically give you. Now there's also, of course, and of course, the third kind of friend is one that in person in your life is someone who falls in the middle. It's like you never know what they're going to say. Sometimes they. Or gassing you up, and sometimes they're like, I don't know if you should. Maybe you should take take a, take a couple seats yep. and sit back a little bit, you know. And that's why I shut it down, right? Because I was so confused. I'm realizing that when there's confusion, and we'll get to other parts later, I don't move anymore. When before, I moved when I was confused. So yeah. I sat down, started writing, and we're here. Like I don't know what's gonna happen. Right. Um, I have expectations, but then I'm also realizing that expectations are what my feelings are. And I have to just leave it to what it is. I hope someone picks that book up and reads it right. and it helps them realize that this four year old that's speaking with the, being unpretentious, being raw, being who it is. It's still a believer. It's still this and that you can be where you want to be. Right. Because right. I'm still broke. I'm still struggling. I'm still I'm still getting over that. It's never going away. It's right. just learning how to control those triggers yeah. because I'm always going to think those thoughts. Yeah. I'm all. It's never going away. But it's the fact of the matter is that now those thoughts have equipped me with tools and resources to be the man that I want to be for my wife, for my husband, and to be vulnerable for everyone else that's literally going to judge me on the stage because I'm a giant run-on sentence. <laughs> because, 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 because of all my euphemisms that aren't correct, oh, because sure. of, you know, sure. because of my country dialect, because I don't speak the way they want me to, because right. I am going, if I feel someone in the crowd, I'm going to pull you. That's why I decided to continue to do it. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I've been hesitant to follow through with it. Man, I'm terrified. Well, I mean, and, and I mean, what but what but what you're doing and 
something as vulnerable as what your the the book and and the content is that you're deciding and you've been you've I think you've been decided this, but it's like something we all will have pain. We all will have suffering. But the question is, what are you gonna do with that pain and suffering? Mm. Are you gonna use it to help it transform you to a person that is better than the pain and the suffering that you have experienced? Or are you going to transmit it? Are you going to continue the cycle, the the lineage of pain and suffering that was afflicted upon you? Absolutely. Because you could. Yep. You absolutely could. Yep. And we've met people in our lives, everybody who's even listening, you've met people in your lives that they got hurt, so they're going to hurt. Yep. They have suffered, so you're going to suffer. Yep. And it's like you've met other people. It's like they're so generous. They're so uh, warm. They're so... Uh, they're, 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 they're so easy to to share and to help you walk through the things that you've been through. Then you hear their story and you're like, how in the world are you this transformed and and gracious and grounded? Oh, it's because you, you've you like done the work. It doesn't mean that like I, I uh, forget or that the thing, whatever the things were, still don't like hurt and still don't make me feel a certain kind of way. But I've learned how with every time I tell the story, the story and the in the whatever it is loses its power. Oh, absolutely. Every time I tell it. And I realize that those people that are walking in grace and mercy now right. have been on the flip side. Absolutely. I was on the flip side. <laughs> yeah. For longer than half of my life. Hey, you hurt me, I'm gonna hurt you seven times. You right. Know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like I'm gonna hurt you until I feel good enough about myself. And that that's literally why I'm doing this. That's why I'm telling it. Every single day. Like it is, it's terrifying to think that I'm not, and one of the things in my preface I talk about is I'm not condemning others for what I'm telling or trying to inflict pain on them right, because sure. this is not just my truth. This is, I'm telling my truth, but it's going to affect others in my family. So I might have, they're going to have to see that side and that facet of themselves as well. Right. And some of them haven't come to that realization. Yeah. So I had to realize that. And that's why it's become harder for me because in book sales, you know, it's got to sell. Right. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. You got, so that's it has true. to be entertaining. If it's not entertaining, they're going to tell you, Yeah. but the entertainment in the aspect of putting them out there is what's scary for me as well. So I have to be, I have to be vulnerable and be faithful enough to say, okay. I, I called everyone. I told them, and my mom, I love her. She said, Jared, tell your truth. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Now, months later, weeks back, yeah, you might not want to say that about your daddy. Uh, you yeah. know, you might not want to say that about uh -huh. your brother. Uh -huh. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go back and I say, hey, mom, you said tell my truth. Right. So right. that's the part about this thing that is becoming real. Yeah, this, that's right. This, this, the, the encompassing of my truth is that it's going to shine light on their truth. Yeah. And um, that's what makes this hard. That's why if I were to write a nonfiction book, it would have been a lot easier. <laughs> oh, sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure, like, and, yeah, in part, I could, yeah. yeah. But I think that's what makes this so much more special to me. Because I want people to understand not who I am, to understand that our commonality is struggle. Yeah. And like you say, how you deal with that struggle, right? right? Because even though we're on this, like, 
we talked about this months ago trying to do this. Right. But us finally getting to this point was saying, okay, now God has prepared me to maybe be ready for this. And now, Jerry, let's start leveling up. Um, because when those things come, I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Yeah. I need someone like you that's grounded, yeah. that has that experience, that has an understanding of this. Because certain people, are not they're going to try to steer me to do that, to condemn those that things that, yeah. that I mentioned in the that's book right. by name. People are going to, because that's what sells. So thank you um, for helping me do this because it is, this is, this is the most terrifying thing um, that I've ever done. Yeah. But it's, I mean, that's, you're doing it, which is great. <laughs> Man, that's what they say. That's what they say I'm doing. And we're going to find out. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. So I'm curious, you know, like a, a lot of folks, you know, um, and this is kind of another direction a little bit, but I, I am curious, like, you know, I, I love talking to people who work in different industries about like the misconceptions that people might have or or the things that they are just like, you, you think that this is what it's like, but this is actually what, I mean, here's the reality to it a little bit. And so I'm curious, like, you have trained so many people in your life. You have, and, and in the training, because what I know about trainers is that you end up like having a, a deeper connection to the people that you're training. Because like, everybody comes to you for a reason. I want to look a certain way. I want to feel a certain way. I want to um, a, achieve a goal. I want to run a marathon. I want to do an Ironman. I want to, you know, whatever that is. What, like, when in, in that space, what's the thing that people don't realize? Um, what, what's the thing that people don't realize? What's the misconception or, or the thing that they are like, I get that, but you're, but some, but you're missing this, this yeah. part of it. Well, to be straightforward is that I really don't care about fitness. That's the truth. Yeah. Because everybody that talks to me talks to me about fitness. That's good. I don't care. You know what? I, I like nothing but cakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was, it's 487 for the small one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Laura has put right. me on a, a on a plan because I have a sweet tooth. Yeah. Like, it, Jared, we got to eat like this. Yeah. Like, I don't That's good. care. That's good. The commonality is that we, that we come together for a goal. Mm-hmm. The misconception is, is that we really care. No, the problem is, and and I think, like I've been around some Olympic coaches. I've been around world champions. I've been blessed to train NFL and a lot of different areas. Right. Oh, yeah. But the problem is, the problem is to me is that there's a commonality in a goal and that both they're looking for your gift to serve them and their gift to serve you until that time is over. Yeah. It's very shallow. Yeah. So when you actually meet that connection, and I tell people it's easy to meet a friend while training, but it is dang near impossible to train a, to train a friend. Really? It is dang near impossible because ah. people that come in blank, yeah. you have that canvas to paint on. You have that canvas to develop and grow, and it turns into something more than just your goal. Whether you want to go model again, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? You sure. want to get down 25 pounds. Sure. We'll get there. But if you leave me, are you going to continue that? Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. So people are only regurgitating what they know. They're not paying it forward. 
Yeah. So my goal is I want to train people. I used to call myself the Mary Poppins of fitness because I don't really want you long. I don't. <laughs> I don't. If we did this same podcast every day, it, yeah, you're going right. to get tired of me, Pat. That's right. I want to see you grow. I want a good coach. And this is the problem with tra- a lot of trainers. They hoard you. The misconception is that trainers want you to grow. No, they want you to stay. Yeah. My mom and my daddy are hoarders. They still haven't given up stuff since 87. <laughs> you don't need that raggedy lawnmower out there that's rusted. Well, well we might be able to build some out. What are you? What are you? Are you you watch another Denzel movie? We oh, don't need boy. that. This ain't, this ain't it. So that's the problem. I think a great coach will develop you and send you on. Mary Poppins, once she developed that family, she got on her way. I'm out. She was out. You didn't see her cry? No. She was A. Huh. But most people hoard. That's the problem. Yeah. So if we can, and that they think we really care. The trainers that really do care are your most vain trainers. Yeah. Because it's about them. Yeah. It's, th- I was that way. I walked around with my shirt off. I wanted the people to see me. Didn't know nothing. Right. Did you even know I have master's degrees in this? Did you even know I had certifications in right, this? Right, right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because that guy down the street is bigger. He has more muscles. Right. He has this. And because of that, I want to do what he's doing. So it's the lack of knowledge. That's ignorance. Well, yeah. And I mean, and, and it's and, and even in this particular industry, um, more than, I mean, in a lot of places, it's just like what your parents were doing you know, in the 80s or in the 90s, again, like, it, we always will circle back around to this, especially in the time we're living, is that social media. There was none of that. I think that those of us who have, who can, who have consciously have existed in a time before, in a time now, it's like, I literally didn't know what a lot of people were doing. Like, yeah. my weekend, it's like, I didn't know what everybody was up to. During the week, I didn't know what you were doing. Like, yeah, I know. I, we were in school, and then we were not in school. And then I knew my neighborhood friends, and that was it. Like, and I knew the family. But now it's like, you, there's such, and not that image didn't matter, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. It did. It just, it, it just, you just encountered it differently. And I think that you're exactly right. Like, there's, it's like, do you even know the certifications and the training and the, and the depth to the person that is trying to help you achieve whatever goal that you you think you're trying to achieve. Even in social media, if I see someone five days a week out of a seven-day span, that's still less than 0.05% of the time I see you. Right. So just like Instagram, you're only living a highlight. You're only seeing the highlight of what I've written out and programmed for you. So that hour out of that 24-hour day, this is your best hour. Yeah. Why is it your best hour? Yeah. It's not because we're physically connecting. It's because we're actually emotionally, ex- we're exchanging shit. We're cargo. Yeah. We're exchanging cargo. Yeah. You're getting from me. I'm getting from you. Yeah. So the people that I've gained friends later on have come from training. But the friends that come in and train with me, they want a discount. They want me to do something. They don't. Uh, they want me to change uh, uh, the way I deliver it uh, uh. because I'm the same every way. For instance, yesterday, a girl came and shadowed me in my training class. It's been a long time since I trained. I've been hurt. Mm -hmm. So yesterday I trained and she said, wow, like I shut down when people talk to me like this. 
And she said, why is everyone in here responding like that? Because I said, I treat everyone the same. That's right. I said, but also I'm going to each and every person. You don't see those things. Right. I'm not trying to embarrass you. But if I if everyone feels treated the same yeah. and everyone knows that I care, my delivery from my heart is what matters. Yeah. She thinks it was about what she's written down. Goals right. are temporary. Yeah. This is temporal. Yeah. My physical, I've been 200 pounds. I've been 160 pounds. Right. I've cut weight for wrestling. I've gained weight for football. Now look where I'm at, right? It doesn't matter. The thing is that I want to be better for you so when you come in, I can meet you right. where you're at. So no matter what it is, at the end of the day, when you come in, Pat, no matter what's going on in my life, me dealing with all those things, I have to compartmentalize. Yeah. Why should I have to do that? For you yeah. to pay me yeah. my exchange rate. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> to right. get you to a goal that you ain't gonna do right. later. Yeah. And I mean, and that's and that's the other that's the other reality is that you it's the it's the it's the challenging part of becoming friends with the people that are helping you um be formed and shaped into the person you wanna be. That's why it's if your friend, if you are a random individual. And your friends are your trainer, your pastor, your professor, your you know your boss. Uh oh, like you're saying like uh -oh. if all if that's your friend group, it's like so. Wh where are we gonna eat tonight, trainer? Like which we are, what are we gonna eat tonight? Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Oh, where we going? After, where we are we going after this? You yeah. know, you don't you don't do what you don't, didn't you post you writing a paper for me? Yeah. That's doing you know. Aren't you supposed to be working yeah, on a your report? You listening to that? You listening to that music? Right. So what is your motive? What right. is your motive that's behind right. that? That's right. That's funny. You're looking for guidance. Yeah. That's right. So the majority of people that come in there, the people whether they're afraid or not, they're looking for guidance. Yeah. That that's why it was being hard for me. People like Jared, you don't train a lot anymore. I went through a depression spell, um, and I've been clinically diagnosed with a few things. Right. And I didn't realize that so many people had left my life. So when I was becoming friends with these people, and then once they reached their goals and they were satisfied, they left. They were only there until they were done. Yeah. You were a product. And, man, that hurt me. Yeah. Because I was, we were talking about kids. We were talking about life. We were, as we were working, we were laughing, we were joking. And then one day it was just like, I don't need you anymore. Yeah. So why would I want to continue to do this? Yeah. Why you left me broken. You left me broken. I had to sit down with an entertainer the other day, and I said, I went in to tell him how I was upset. And when I pulled up, guy said, give him his flowers. I said, absolutely not. Yeah. I was like, sit in the car. I literally, two days ago, I went down to sit down, and I was like, he was there all the time. He helped me, and now he's gone. And, and I'm frustrated because I really looked up to him, and he was flying me on jets. And yeah. it wasn't about that. I never put anything on social media, never. But it was the fact that we connected. There was a commonality of struggle. There was a common denominator between us. But then when he was done, he was done. Yeah. And it hurt me. Yes. So then when I pulled up, I said, man, I need to tell him how much he hurt me. And when I walked in, as much as I wanted to tell him, I just started thanking him for his gift of administration, his gift of everything he did for me. And it shifted everything. And literally two days ago, it showed me um, that, yes, you can be hurt, and yes, these people only need you for a certain amount of time, but don't ever underestimate any seed that you have sown. 
because I wanted that seed to bloom and blossom in a different way. Yeah. When maybe it was time for him to take that and plant it in another pot. And when you look at that from a scarcity mindset, that pot is someone better than you. That pot is someone that they might be with them forever and it, it shines light on your insecurities. Like, hold on, yes. was I good? Was I good enough? So then this whole thing is, I, I'm now I'm digging myself in that in that rut because now I'm back in that box. Yeah. And that's why training to me is like being a pastor. Yeah. Training to me is like. Yeah. Because I can pray for you every single day. That's right. I can pray, I can read every verse for you every single day. I can send you the meal plans. You can get every app. You got 365. You can do an app that tells you how to, to grow a rabbit. You That's know what right. I'm saying? To like pitch right. a rabbit the That's right, right way to where train a That's rabbit. Right. But until you decide to do it. Oh, yeah. Then it means nothing. Exactly. So I, mean, I, I that's why training has been a gift and a curse. Yeah. Because I love the interaction with people. But the turnover and the the turnover of people, the retention rate is great, but also it is bad yeah. because someone, if they're with you too long, means that you could obviously end up pouring from an empty cup and that their motive is different. Not doesn't mean it's a negative motive. It's just different. Meaning it could be a codependency. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. So how do you take all this, all this we've been talking about and how how do you give this these gifts of now vulnerability of all these real you know revelations you've had when it comes to training and relationships how do you give it to your kids how does that make you the father that you are right now by saying no before I was given so much to everyone else because I needed to be affirmed and validated by them. Then by the time I got home, I wasn't giving enough. I was only giving them leftovers. And then I realized one day my goal is to get my kids up for school, love on them, tell them that I care about them, send them messages, and then get them in the bed. So then when I started leaving earlier, when I started taking time and being intentional about saying no to clients, people were getting frustrated. So I started losing more people. But then I start seeing the growth in my kids. Yeah. Um, and because of that, you will, I've been stagnant, um, but I've learned how to control it a little more. Because sometimes you'll just, you feel something when you're in here and you you hit it, you're just run. It's just good. But then you're also like, man, I can't just give everything I got right now, so I got to pull it back. Right. So I've learned to kind of taper down, taper back and pull back when I'm giving them because it is easy to be filled by another woman emotionally. Never touch her physically. Right. But then also disrespect my wife because this lady is saying, Jared, how great you are. I've lost all this weight. She's affirming me verbally, emotionally, what I need. Right. And because I am not doing that at home, I might not be getting that. So then it's just physical at home. Right. It's just every, we pray together. Right. And then I'm here getting filled by her emotionally. Right. So when I start to feel that because I'm starting to learn my weaknesses, yeah. then I shut it down. Yeah. And because of that, a lot of people won't under they won't understand that. Um and they can't because they're like, Jared, you train this person, they're famous, they make this much money, right. you do this. And I'm like, hey man, 
I always go back to it. What is it for a man to gain the world and lose his soul? That's why I'm very particular on who I will post. Because you can meet friends, but not everybody's your friend. Not everybody wants to be your friend. No. And if you attach your wagon to their star, when they fall, you go with them. And so I try to... I try to be intentional about that. It is very easy because especially younger, especially younger, it was it was fun, man, to see people look at me. It was fun to um to be the strong guy in the gym. It was fun to be the best trainer and to to have twenty or thirty clients when this guy's got two. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Doesn't mean he's worse than me. Just mean that I was on fire, but then I made it about me. And now I have to, like I say, be intentional. And that is something that terrifies me for a lot of people in this industry um, because it's easy. Yeah, It's easy. They're like, Jared, how do you, how do you not cheat on your wife? It's not that I don't love my wife. I'm more afraid of what God will do to me because of what I said. I gave that covenant in front of those 40 people at Opryland right. Hotel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm afraid because I had a dream of what he would do, and then I've seen it in the past. I've seen it through other people. I've seen right. it through my father. I've seen it through coaches. I don't want that. So as much as it might feel better to get physically uh, physically fulfilled by this lady or emotionally fulfilled, even when I'm struggling over here, I have to deny that and right. go back to what I said I would do. And that's the, that's the hardest thing about this whole gig. That's you are literally attacked every single day, bro. We're in a church, yeah. and I'm done. We're in a church. <laughs> I know God's here. We're here right now. Right. But then you bring in crazy music. Uh-huh. You bring in a bunch of girls. Uh-huh. You bring in a sexually, uh, sexually aggressive men, testosterone and estrogen driven people. Yeah. It's no longer a church then. Yeah. But it is. Right. But everyone else will say it's not. Right. So that area still has to be the church. Mm. And that is like I try to keep that mindful. Even though I yell, I scream, I still do everything, right? right? But I still try to keep that mindful in my pocket as much as I can. Wow. Okay. Well, let's uh let's do the last round of questions here. And okay. let's see uh let's see where it takes us. Okay. First one is, what's something people seem to misunderstand about you? My sarcasm and my passion that's kind of aligned, fully aligned with aggressiveness. <laughs> they they think I'm mean or I don't care, but it's honestly opposite. I care so much. Um, I care so much that it intimidates people sometimes. It kind of scares them because I am right. the same right. from the beginning. Like yeah. I, I can't be, I can't do the resume. I can't, I can't do what sounds good or looks good. Right. I'm just Jared. That's like, great. That's how my mom used to describe me growing up. They were like, "Yo, this is his brother Chauncey, and this is Scooter, this is his sister." But that's just Jared. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just Jared. So yeah, that's uh, those are two things that I think I've been struggling with and starting to literally own who I am. Yeah, that's good. Uh, what are a few of your favorite quotes? Nobody cares unless they know you care. Yeah. Um, don't ever underestimate any seed you sown. Stop letting them box you. Um, I used to cuss like a sailor when I was young, so my one of my favorite things is dadgummit. 
Yeah. I say that gummit, that's my thing now. Like yeah. that's my go-to cuss word. Like yeah. if I'm mad, right. I'm like, that gummit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know why. And my mom used to always say this last one. She used to always say, can't never could, could never can't. Mm. Can't never could, could never can't. Still don't know what that means. <laughs> I still try to figure that out. <laughs> But whenever I can't do something like writing a book, I literally wrote it at the top of my I literally wrote it at the top of my paper. If I was struggling writing that day, I would stop writing and I'd write, can't never could, could never can't. And so That's beautiful. It's good. Uh what are some albums everyone should listen to? Man, this is where I get lame. Like I'm more old school, like, you know, Outcast, AT Aliens, like yeah. Stankonia, Jeezy, yeah. uh, Inspiration, Trap or Die, like Ludacris, Chicken and Beer. Okay. Like Soul Child, uh Soul Star, like Lauren Hill, The Miseducation. Yeah. Like Hot Boys, Lil Wayne, Jagged Edge, Carl Thomas. Like I'll go on and on with right. like old school R and B and rap. But honestly now, man. Sounds crazy. I listen to Dappy Tiki's every day. Really? That is instrumental. I listen to it every day. And this is what's even crazier when I'm driving on long trips. If I'm not listening to a podcast or something, I don't listen to anything. Because that's when I actually have silence. And I try to, like, talk to God and I try to listen. Like, because it's, you know, most people say guys sit on the toilet. Like, when I'm driving... I actually, because because I will, Lars like Jerry. Why are you in the bathroom? I'm literally just ignoring him playing Sudoku. Like that's my thing, <laughs> bro. I'm I'm playing Sudoku. Yeah, all, like I'm that's bad. my thing, <laughs> bro. I probably got like 700 games under my belt right here in Sudoku. Still can't get over the master's level, but 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 but, but I like beat hard, 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 and miss it and go to easy just to check my. So but, funny, yeah, like. It sounds, but yeah, like even driving over here, just trying to get my mind right and everything is instrumental. Um, yeah. Because a lot of the things that I'm hearing now are, aren't the truth. A lot of sure. the things that I'm hearing sound good, but they aren't. And I do understand what you've seen here comes out of your body. And I do understand what ATLNs comes on. I'm going to throw those, I'm going to throw those eight bars with it in my mind. But I know I'm also going to tell my son, like, he's riding with it because he likes old school rap and stuff too. But I'm like, man, just know that what you're hearing and what you're seeing is really going to come out of who you are. So um, I try to be different. And it stresses them out. It does. Because I'm so old now. Like, I was, if you only knew how crazy, I was hanging from a chandelier 10 years ago. And now it's like, now I'm just listening to Dappy Keys. Like, I'm a subscribe listener. You know what I'm saying? Like, anytime, anytime he's got something to buy, I'm like, let me, let me send $7. That's great. That's great. That's great. Uh, What will always make you laugh? Man, somebody falling. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm horrible sense of humor. No. Now, I'm going to check on you. I'm a, but if yeah. you fall, I'm giving all the actions. You, oh, 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 yep. oh. Like, like, you took a tumble there, young lady, but I'm, are you okay? I, yeah, I'm still, I'm still so sorry to my friend. I won't mention her name, but we were at a party. Uh, it was like at like a little cookout. And the person who was hosting had a had a deck that was an old deck. Yeah. And he needed to replace that deck, and she just stepped on one of the planks and just fell mm. halfway through it. And I couldn't. Yay. I lost it. And I was like, I was like, I can't. Yay. Crying tears and like, all. She was like, why are you laughing? And I'm she, like, I can't. Hey, if I fall, 
if if you don't yes. laugh, I think there's a problem. There's with a you. problem. Yeah. There, like I don't trust you. Like you're off that list. Like that five you had, if yeah. you don't laugh when I fall, yeah, you don't got a chance. You don't got a chance, man. You don't got a chance. Uh, what are one or two books uh, everyone should read? Man, um, a book that really jumped out to me was uh, Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. Yeah. Man, I loved, um, I freaking loved K.S.A. Layman's Heavy. Um, Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, oh, yeah. Between the World and Me, was like huge. Um, and now I'm like, and I said, you said too, sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, building a, a story brand with Donald Miller is like, I'm on that right now in the book called Shift, but and then this last one I'm just trying to throw in a little bit is because uh, he's old and he's comical, but he's biblically sound is uh, undistracted with Bob Goff. Oh yeah. So like those are like those That's are strong. some books that yeah like that I've I I would read multiple times. Right, right. Uh, if you had to leave Nashville forever, what are some of your must go to places before you leave? Town. And y'all gonna say just like attractions and nah, I man. I would go back to we got married at the small fountainhead, the lion head at Opryland Hotel. Um, just to go sit and just to talk to God. Um, with that small, quaint, forty person waiting. Just to kinda because it helps me kind of reminisce and see how good God really is. Yeah. Uh I would go back to where when I came back from Vegas coaching. We lived, Laura was Airbnb and she lived in a hundred uh, square foot attic. Um, and I would go back just to sit in that room for a minute because it was a trundle bed and I had to tie them together with my jump ropes wow. um, after we were married. So like things, it would be like that. And they just kind of walk around through some of the parks. Like we did a park last week that we hadn't walked in in over 10 years. And it literally brought back so many memories. Wow. So those are kind of like the things. Um, those are places that that I would go check. Sure, and it would be oh, crazy yeah. too because I'm if they live in there, I'm still knocking on the door. Oh, like yeah. that, I'm that person, right? You know, like like you like you know, like ten years ago, they like, are you famous? Like, nah. No. But can I just walk around? Yeah, just walk around here. <laughs> you know, yeah. they call the police. Like, like, wait a minute, this man is in here walking yeah, around. Yeah. East Nashville walking around. Like, nah, let's call. All right. Uh, and then last, what's one of the keys to a good life? Man. Or a few keys to a good life. Realizing that what God has for you is for you. And not to play the comparing game. Like, I'm realizing life will, like, make you feel forgotten um, if you're not where you're at or where you think you should be. And in turn, you, like, forget how big God really is. And you kind of box them due to that because your current circumstances and then once you start to really realize that even though you're in a current situation, that God is bigger than that and that you don't have to look to see what they're doing or you're not doing, that that's when opportunities like this flow. Um, so, man, I'm just I'm just thankful, man. I thank God that you allow me to come in here and uh, just talk because I don't even know what I said is right, but I'm just I'm just trying to speak from my heart and uh, I really enjoyed this. Like I, people, I really enjoy that, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. We'll see you all. Peace. Mm-hmm.